Okay, folks, welcome back to episode 17 of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, my name is Justin Rogers. You can find me on Twitter at RunDFF. And once again, I'm here with Jeff Roby. Uh, congrats to everyone on your ships. If you're still playing, Jesus, take the wheel because things are about to get a little crazy. Uh, Jeff, you have one of those magical weekends. Uh, go ahead, take a victory lap. And let's get you and the rest of the folks ready for these disgusting Week 17 championship games. Okay, so first off, let me explain something to you. Okay, you were talking to the two-time, two-time 2019 champions already, and I'm still going for number three, okay? So if you listen to me all season long, you would be where I'm at right now, feeling fantastic, sitting over a boatload of money because it's all coming to me, baby, and nobody saw it coming in the very beginning. And I'm going to tell you, it's about hard choices. It's about playing your whole season out. It's about making the decision to put, yes, I will say it finally now for Justin, putting Fitz Magic in at the end of the season for a championship. And yes, sir, I did. Brought in 37.85 points for me and a championship. Riding on the backs of Sanders and Thomas. Uh, and yes, the guy I've said from the very beginning, Darren Waller, baby. And I also even had Washington out there, but I picked up on the, the waivers a couple weeks ago, as we told you to. And he was even a non-factor because he sat in my bench. Now, in my other league, I saw, it, it, you know, I also had Fitzmagic, won me that one. But I tell you, Devontae Adams and, uh, and, and Aaron Jones carried the day for me, even after leaving Perriman on the bench. So it comes down to hard choices. And I tell you, do I go against the grain and play Fitz? Or do I stay with old reliable Carson Wentz? And I'll tell you, I stuck with, I went with Fitz, even though I, sh- I felt real bad about going against the grain on Wentz. Fitz brought me the championship. Wentz sits on my bench. The other way to look at it is, do I go with the old reliable in my running backs, or do I play Washington? And I, you know, when I didn't have Jess Jacobs playing. And you know what? I decided to go with Old Reliable, and Sanders brought me a championship there for the last couple of weeks. He's done really well. So it just depends. These are hard choices you have to make at the very end. And I was making choices right up to the moment, but I really was doing a lot of analytics. And that's how you win championships, people. You think about these things. You, you listen to our podcast. We're telling you what you need to do. And I'm going to tell you next week, I'm going to bring you another one. So with that being said, there's my victory lap, and I'll bring you another victory lap next week. Man, yep, yep, yep. Hey, nice job, man. I know that league I brought you into on in the last minute there. Uh, you killed it. You killed it, man. So, well done. Congrats. Uh, we'll be sending the, the the jelly beans your way pretty soon. So, uh, anyways, let's uh, get on down to the rundown. Uh, we're going to skip the JV and Varsity. We got a big show coming up uh, probably in the next week or two where we'll discuss our, our uh, season-long stuff. So, uh, we're just going to skip all that and get right into some uh, – some quick hitters. Uh, let's talk about some injuries real quick because uh, we've got a few, uh, some kind of big ones. Kyler Murray is out, I'm guessing. Uh, he's got a hammy. They said he won't. He will not play unless he's 100%. So I doubt that he gets out there uh, unless they're just desperate to see him on the field one more time, which they've got nothing to play for. So uh, that's a big one. If you've been rolling out Kyler Murray uh, or any of those offensive pieces, I'd be a little weary of that. Uh, Kenyon Drake's the only one I would trust there. I can't, I can't trust any of the receivers with Brett Hundley. That's right, Brett Hundley behind center. Uh, Chris Carson, is uh, he's done for the year. And there's speculation he could be done for 2020 as well, which is rough because he's headed in, into a uh, uh, 
um, free agency in, at the end of 2020. So uh, he really, that might have cost him a lot of money, but he's got a non-displaced hip fracture. Um, sort of similar to what Tua had, but not exactly because uh, the, the hip fracture is there, but the dislocation is not. Um, so there's not as much risk. Uh, you know, people were concerned that maybe there's going to be some uh, nerve damage and stuff in Tua's hip, but that's not the same for Carson. Uh, Long term, he should be fine, you know, relatively. Uh, but we don't know about next season at all. But you can, you can forget about him for this week. And uh, you know, I, you guys probably all heard about Marshawn Lynch signing with the uh, Seahawks. So they're they're moving on, which I don't know if that's a good thing with a decrepit Marshawn Lynch who was terrible the last time he was on the field. So which was 14 months ago. Uh, DJ Moore left with a concussion. Uh, I'm, I know that killed a lot of you guys out there that had him. Uh, he was one of those that tilted people left and right on Twitter. Uh, he leaves with a concussion. With I think he had one catch for one yard, and that cost a lot of people some ships. They were counting on some, uh, you know, a pretty good game out of him. And then the last one I'll mention is Ronald Darby. I know y'all have no idea, but he is the Eagles' best corner, and that's not saying a whole lot because the Eagles' secondary has been garbage. But when you lose your best corner out of a garbage secondary, that can only be, you know, that can only be positive for the team they're going up against. So, uh, you guys, it, it might look like chasing points if you go to get Daniel Jones, uh, but I think this is one of those weeks where you can rock and roll with him uh, against a really bad uh, Eagles secondary. I think there's going to be some points put up in that game. Um, you know, their their front seven is really solid, so uh, it could be one of those weeks where you know Saquon doesn't see what he did in Week 16 uh, going up against this week, but. Uh, I think Daniel Jones has a shot at that, uh, at, at carrying your team again, doing what you know Brian Fitzpatrick did last week. Which, I mean, if you paid attention, Daniel Jones did it, did it one up. He was amazing. So, but that's kind of what Daniel Jones is. He's either amazing, or he looks like Brett Hundley. So there's that. Jeff, uh, do you have to replace any injured players this week? So it's not so much replacing injured players as much as it is playing week 17. Okay, yep. and so. When you got a quarterback like Lamar Jackson that's been carrying you all, all season long, you know, and Lamar ja- obviously Lamar Jackson's not going to play. Last week I had the problem because I didn't have uh, Dalvin Cook. Okay, so there's an injury that's still plaguing me a little bit. So I'm in one of those situations where I've got my best running back and my best quarterback who's been carrying me all week long, and I've, I don't really have good reliable. I was I, Now you go with Dalvin Cook and you say to yourself, hey, well, you got – did you do what we said? Yes. I went out and I got Madison. I got Boone, right? But I just wasn't – I didn't feel real good about how Boone produced last week. So, you know, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm maybe I'm looking. And I'm looking at all these other situations, and you see these other injuries. So what do I see? I see opportunity, baby. So I see I see opportunities to go out there and grab some of these guys that are still on there. Because right now, we all face it. If you're listening to it in week 17, you're playing in week 17. Or you just want to hear me brag about the two-time two-time championships that I got already. So with that being said, I think Justin's got some some good advice for us coming up here. So listen in, and yeah. and, uh, and I think you'll be able to grab one of these guys like I will. Yeah, look, let's let's talk about this playoff seedings and how it affects uh, players and uh, player management for these teams. Uh, you know, Week 17 is, a, is always a quirky week. You just never know. Um, we've got some players, some teams locked in now. Uh, the Ravens, Vikings, and Bills are all locked into their playoff seasons. They can't play, uh, they can't move up or down. They have nothing to play for. Um, there, there's going to be a lot of players resting. Now, there's another team out there that is not locked in right now, 
but they could be at game time. You see, the Houston is it's a tricky situation because they play in the 4 p.m. Eastern set of games, so three Central for all of us over here, uh, while the Chiefs play at one. So if the Chiefs win, Houston cannot get the three seed. If the Chiefs lose, then Houston is playing for something. They're playing for a three seed. They're playing to to avoid Buffalo, who's in that five seed. Instead, they would play, you know, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, or even the Raiders. And that, that's a crazy scenario for the Raiders. They need like four things to happen, and all of them are legit happen. I'll, I'll run through that later, just just off the, you know, for the heck of it. But uh, Houston can get the three seed, but only if the Chiefs lose to the to the Chargers, which you know probably doesn't happen. Uh, you know that means that Houston will be locked in the five seed, nothing to play for. And uh, that means you got to keep an eye on this. You got to watch. You got to stay on tune, stay in tune with what's going on with those one o'clock games, and then adjust accordingly depending on the result of that KCLA game, because uh, you can't really trust any of the big time impact starters on uh, any of these teams that aren't playing for something. So assuming, well, you know, you can't play uh, Diggs, you can't play Cousins, Lamar, um, you can't play Josh Allen, Singletary Brown. Mark Ingram is hurt. I forgot to mention that in the uh, injuries. He's not going to play this week, um, and they're hoping he's back for the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Dalvin Cook is out, so he's not a concern. Uh, but then if KC wins, you also can't play you know, uh, Hopkins, you can't play Deshaun Watson, um, you, you can't play Carlos Hyde, etc. So you, you just can't, you, you just can't trust those players. They may go out there for a series or two, but I just wouldn't feel good about putting them in my week 17 championship game. Now I hate saying week 17 championship game and Jeff, you've got one and I, I just feel bad for you because all of this is ridiculous. I mean, You've got one of the best players in fantasy, Lamar Jackson, who has carried your team. And now Week 17 comes along, and you can't even play him because he was so good that his team locked up the number one seed, uh, you know, at the, after last week. So uh, that's why, if it's me going into the offseason, I'd be petitioning my commissioner, I'd be petitioning my league, like, hey, why are we starting players that have no business starting? Because when you look down at it, and you, and this week there's going to be options. Gus Edwards, Duke Johnson, or Taiwan Jones in that Texans t- uh, backfield, if you're looking at that. Uh, Mike Boone, I know that he was started, look, he was started in nearly 42% of championship games last week. So that means he was just a huge waiver wire pickup, and people had the balls to throw him out there, and it backfired big time. I mean, whew. I was talking to a guy uh, in one of the chats, and he was debating between Aaron Jones and Mike Boone. That to me was an easy decision. Like they both had the same floor, and Aaron Jones' ceiling was way bigger. He, we, we, I think there was like six of us that chimed in, play Aaron Jones, and I had said something about how he lit up Minnesota uh, in their first meeting, and uh, he plays Aaron Jones, wins the ship, congrats, etc. So, uh, but now I, I mean, in this situation, you might have have to throw Boone in there, and I don't feel bad about that. I mean, uh, I think he's a startable player. Uh, in in this situation where there's going to be some studs that are not playing, um, so those are the players that are impacted by the by the actual play teams that aren't playing. You know, Gus Edwards because Ingram is is hurt and they've got nothing to play for. Mike Boone because Cook is out. Duke Johnson, Tywan Jones because Carlos Hyde most likely doesn't play. But look, there are other players that you can target on teams that do have something to play for. 
Uh, Damian Williams is out there in a, in a good bit of leagues. He was injured. He played one, you know, he came back last week. Uh, McCoy was, was, uh, again, forgotten. So I think Damian Williams is a nice start this week against LA. Uh, Anthony Miller. Look, I know if you made it through this, if you made it through last week with Anthony Miller and, and he was a big time start last week, if you made it through last week, this is definitely a, a different situation. You know, we all, one of the things that uh, that I banked on last week was Kansas City. Their their uh, outside defense has been excellent, but their slot they've they've been a bottom ten defense against the slot. But they managed to bottle Anthony Miller up completely. That's not the same with Minnesota. Minnesota has given up seventy yards or a touchdown to eleven receivers in the last five weeks. Eleven. That's that's two and change a game. It's like everybody's receivers do something against them. So uh, Greg Ward Jr., uh, Philly, they're going against the uh, was it the Giants? I think it is. Man, whatever. They they you know the Giants suck. So and there's nobody to catch balls out there. Uh, Steven Sims, that's for the Washington Foreskins. Uh, you know I don't know. And oh, I forgot to mention uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, he went out with a concussion. I'm not sure he's going to play this week. Uh, if he does, um, I still feel good about Steven Sims. He has 10 targets and at least five catches over the last two games. So they've got a role for him. Uh, Justin Watson came out there and uh, looked really good for Tampa Bay last week. Hunter Renfro has played really well. Uh, and Travis Homer, who, you know, Chris Carson's out. I don't think that Marshawn Lynch is going to be a big factor this week. Maybe he is in the playoffs. I don't know. The last time I saw him on the field, he was terrible. So I don't feel great about that. Uh, but Jeff, tell me about you were you were so, you were giving me something about uh, Hunter Renfro. And if you got anything on any of these other players, throw it out there for me. But uh, let's hear what you got to say, man. Yeah. So let me let me kind of start top down, and I'll hit Hunter Renfro here in a second. Um, let me hit first off Mike Boone. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I played Mike Boone. Thankfully, I had a lot of backup to, to cover me. You know, I still got him out there, right, because I am – this is a week 17 decision. I'm not playing Mike Boone this week, okay? I'd rather play uh, Amir Abdullah, in fact, because Abdullah had, had more points. He had 27 yards. He had six catches, 31 yards. I mean, so, uh, you know, he, he actually scored about eight, eight, nine fantasy points. So, um, Boone just can't be trusted against the Bears, even though the matchup looks good. I just don't know that uh, while I see him as potential sleeper, I just don't see that, it, you know, if you're at this week and you're looking at the championship or you're looking at second, uh, third, fourth place uh, competition, then I just don't think you should be riding Boone. Um, now, I do like what you're saying about Gus Edwards. I am big on the Travis Homer. In fact, I picked him up as well. Um, I think Homer's going to – you know, they, the thing is, is that do you allow – your season to come down to Travis Homer playing against the 49ers. Well, it just depends on what your season looks like or what, what your matchup looks like right now. I mean, that 49ers team is going to, to put up a tough run um, against these guys. And so, I mean, they're second overall versus the running back. Okay. But um, the Seahawks have to get the run going and they're going to lose this game. So uh, to me, it's, it's worth a flex. Uh, I'm playing in this week. Uh, no surprise there. You mentioned Gus Edwards. If I could have got Gus Edwards, I actually had him higher on the waiver wire list this week. I did not get him. I think Gus Edwards is going to go off this week, even though 
that Pittsburgh uh, defense matchup. Uh, they are the fifth best in the league. And so, you know, for me, Gus Edwards would have been my first pick, but then, uh, you know, obviously I had to go with Travis Homer. So, you know, I'm sitting in some weird situations else in other places too. Um, look, carry on Johnson, right? Carry Johnson is supposed to play this week. Okay. And, and when you look at them playing against green Bay, who I think is like 24th or 25th and against the run. All right. Why would you not stick them? Why would you not stick carry on Johnson out there? Okay. Well, you know, personally, um, this game really does matter to the Packers for, for, for where they fall out in the playoffs. And I think yeah. that, you know, he's been out for eight games, right? Um, you know, and I just, I don't see, I don't see them just giving the rock all to him. I think Bo Scarborough is going to be staying in there, rock, working it. And so to me, I think some of these other names that Justin just mentioned are probably better pickups than carry on Johnson or play them over carry on Johnson, you know? So that's, that's kind of where I would, I fall out. Um, I'd say another one that's been injured for a little bit, but he's coming back. So we'll go back to uh, Hunter Renfro. Okay. It really comes down to the targets. I mean, last week he had a phenomenal game in, in minus the injuries, right? He has had 11 uh, fantasy points in four of the past five games that he's able to finish. So, uh, and that includes uh, week 16 against the Charters, right, last week, and when he had that seven catch yeah. for 107 yards. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's big on Hunter Renfro, but this guy's played uh, big-time games. Uh, I mean, you think he's the Clemson product, right, that, that went out there and won the championship for him. Uh, versus right. uh, Desha- yeah. or with Deshaun yeah. Watson, right? So, right. to me, I think I think yeah. he's going to build upon last week, and I think that he's going to have a good game against Denver. Yeah, you know, the only, Hunter Renfro is that like prototypical slow white guy that plays a slot kind of thing. Um, you know, wasn't projected to be a really impactful NFL player, and goes in the fifth round of the draft. You know, but then really has carved out a role on the team. And that's not what I saw early in the season. I did not expect this, but, um, you know, he's he's really come on strong. Um, well, look at some of the situation you got with him. Is that, okay, yeah, early in the season, okay, you had Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, yeah. right? So so at best he was third, but he was rook. So you, you also was like, do I even – is he even in the conversation, right? I mean, if you're even large hard knocks, like he wasn't even in the conversation. So – uh, so now you got Brown gone, right, uh, into oblivion, and you've got um, you also have uh, Williams that's, that was been often injured. So yeah, so now so he's he's a byproduct of opportunity, and he's taking advantage of it, and so good for him in a fifth round pick, you know. Yep. No, there's definitely some players that you can grab, and Renfro is a really solid grab of, of, from what he's built this last you know five six weeks where it's been. Um, did we? Did you go over Damian Williams at all? That's one of those. I'm, I mentioned him on the fly, but uh, he's a great grab. He's owned in a good bit of leagues, but I think there's a good shot he's been dropped based on uh, his lack of uh, field time because of injury and uh, some of the production issues earlier in the season. Um, what a he's a he's a stud start this week for me. I think I've got him probably in my top 15 running backs this week, uh, based on uh, you know what you expect from to a shakeout in these games where. I expect KC to go up big in this game and then for there to be a lot of, you know, 
just grinding the clock out, you know, a little dump offs here and there uh, on long third downs, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, so interesting with Damian Williams when, when we hit that one is that, okay, so kind of when you're looking at inter, interdivision rivalries, you kind of see uh, this late season, you kind of want to say, how did they do last time they matched up? Now, a lot of things taken into consideration, weather, location, blah, blah, blah. Like if, you, if you're playing on neutral ground, like, like Kansas City or, or Mexico, right? So I mean, that's a that's where that's a typical Kansas City Chargers, right? So how does how does that play into effect? Okay, well this year Williams was hurt in that that meeting against the Chargers in Week 11, right? But last year yeah. he had 29, almost 30 fantasy points against the Chargers in the and then Week 15. Okay, so right. here you are, and that was at and that was at home in KC. So this is another opportunity. Where the Chargers come in here, um, week 17, having allowed three touchdowns to their running backs, uh, to to opposing running backs in the last two games, right? So they're giving it up. They're 20th versus the run, and and Damian mm-hmm. Williams is sitting there at I think somewhere in like the 15 to 25 range. I'm not sure. Um, so. Uh, so I think you having 15th is a, is a good place. I think the big thing here is like, look at how did he do last week? He got the carries. He got, you know, the targets. Um, yeah, he only had three catches, but he had some targets there. So, and uh, a touchdown uh, there to go along. So I think he's a good pickup. He's just not available in the league I'm in. Um, yep. Otherwise he would be up there. You know, you say only three catches, but if a if a running back catches three catches every game, that's 48 balls they've caught in the season. So yeah, uh, no, three I'm catches not is actually not bad. No, 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 no that's scary. Right. I'm saying don't don't look at it and go well only three. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to point out there is that, that that's, those are three valuable added because he also got 27 yards on those and that that, yeah. that right there, you know, that's that's nearly that's like four and a half points right there. So that's right. that's if a you're playing, yeah. If you're playing PPR, you just scored another extra 4.2. So that's yep. not, if you're playing yep, a half absolutely. point, playing a full point, heck, that's even better. Um, yeah, you know, the big thing here is that McCoy is, is he, they, they're making him inactive when Williams is healthy. McCoy is nobody. They just basically said, kick him to the curb. I don't know what happened there because he actually had some really nice, uh, games early in the season. McCoy did, but, uh, I don't know if he fell out of favor or whatever. No, 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 no. I, I watched the game and they were talking about that and they showed him many times on sidelines during that Kansas city game. Um, and the, the big thing here is that Andy Reed, and him had a conversation about putting him either either snap count or limit him altogether, specifically so that he is 100% when they go into the playoffs. So no, he didn't fall out of favor. This was a, this is a coaching and player decision uh, on why he's not playing right now, um, and and they they addressed that multiple times. In fact, it almost got redundant when they were saying it because I think they mentioned it almost every single quarter of that game. So, uh, but yeah, because you're sitting sitting on street clothes. So. Yeah, what they got is some NBA load management going on, some uh, Kawhi Leonard going on, some Tim Duncan. That's oh, what he's playing on Christmas Day, right? Yeah. Right, right. So you yeah. beat the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. All right, so look, uh, that pretty much covers what we want to talk about there. Uh, guys, just pay attention to players that aren't going to be out there, uh, teams that have something to play for, or you know, or you think they do like Houston, and then that ends up being nothing. Every other game out there is going to be meaningful because they play at the same time as other games that are going on. Um, I don't know what the NFL is doing with that uh, Houston uh, Titans game versus uh, the KC LA game. I, I don't get why they didn't put those in the same time slot. Why they didn't flex KC and LA into the four o'clock slot so that they would be playing at the same time. I don't know. 
what the what the NFL does doesn't doesn't make any sense to me sometimes. But that would have been the the main move I would I would have made this week. So kind of shocked at that. Um, but so you know now you're looking at a situation where uh, that game the early game can dictate what happens in the late game. So pay attention to that. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some streamers real quick um, because there is some good options this week, uh, especially at quarterback. Um, you know, I really, really am excited for two starters to, that you can probably grab in a lot of places. Um, my first is Jared Goff. I know, I know, it's Jared Goff, but still, uh, if you guys paid any attention to it when I when I pimped him for for Arizona a couple weeks ago, it was uh, week thirteen. I was hard on, this is my guy, starting this week. Well, guess what? That was at Arizona, and he throws up 424 yards and two touchdowns. Has a monster game. Uh, I mean, I, I feel great about starting him again because Arizona sucks. And even better, their offense is going to be worse with Brett Hundley, which just means more time on the field for Jared Goff. Uh, I don't think – I mean, obviously, I don't have anything to play for, uh, but that doesn't affect teams that aren't going into the playoffs. So you don't, you're only worried about teams that have nothing to play for when they're not going to the playoffs. There's some pride there. Uh, they don't want to end up with an 8-8 eight eight record. You know, so uh, there's some pride there for, uh, for the Rams. And so I would expect them to come out there just gunning away at that Arizona secondary that's just atrocious. Uh, another one for me is uh, Daniel Jones. Um, I talked about him a minute ago, about chasing points, et cetera. Uh, but he's available in a lot of places. That Eagles secondary takes a hit with Darby out. And, uh, you know, again, they're going to be tossing around. I think there's a lot of points to be had in this game. They might be playing some catch-up uh, with Philadelphia. Uh, I expect them to come out and put it on the Giants' defense. I, I don't foresee any way that they stop that offense, uh, even with their lack of receiving options right now. Dallas Goddard has become a monster for them, so now they have a two-tight end set up. You know, similar to what the Pats ran with uh, Gronkowski and the, the murderer. So uh, that's a that's a situation there where if they get those those guys rolling, it doesn't matter if they have no wide receivers because um, the tight ends have been just blowing up. You know, uh, Ertz was in and out of the game last week. I expect him to play this week, but uh, he was in and out of the game, and that didn't matter because they just plugged Dallas Goddard in and rock and rolled. So uh, that's another one for me. Um you know, we were talking pre-show. Jeff, you've got a name for me. I don't agree with it, but go ahead and tell the folks. Yeah, so I was I was actually looking across the board and saying, all right, quarterbacks that I could play because I don't have uh, Lamar Jackson, okay? And so I, I was listening to either Get Up or First Take yesterday or the day before, and, and, and obviously something caught my ear about the Bengals. Okay, and so like normally, and this was a good, 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 interesting note is that normally at the end of the year, there's still people playing for the rights to the number one draft pick, right? But this year, there's not. So, so win or lose, without help, uh, the the Bengals have already decided that they're getting uh, the Bayou Bengal himself, right? So. So with that being said, they're going to bring the Ohio native back home to Ohio. So what does that mean for Andy Dalton? Okay, and here's here's why I look at why I say this. Okay, if you see what he did last week, and a lot of people kind of miss that because the game seemed like a blowout, and then all of a sudden the Bengals came back on the Dolphins, 
and uh, nobody was really watching the game probably anyways. Uh, but unless you're worried about the first round draft pick, so a couple of guys out there that are looking at who's going to be number one, number two, um, and they saw Andy Dalton really light it up in the la- in the second half. Okay, couple that with the fact that win or lose, they get they get the number one draft pick, right? So there's that. N- number three, they're at home, uh, and, and the red redhead demon is going to go out there and he's going to start for his team, right? So since uh, he has come out and said. We want to reward its fans with a victory at home to end the season and start next year off right. Now, he had a 41 fantasy point game against the Dolphins. He was the number one quarterback last week. And, uh, you know, this will probably be his last start as a bingo, which he's been there forever. So you couple – you add that to the Cleveland's uh, – defense is giving up about 20 fantasy points against quarterbacks this season. And I think Dalton's just going to have a massive game um, so far. I mean, look, the only thing that's wrong on him so far, and he did miss quite a few games this week, this year, but he still has already passed for over 3,000 yards. Okay, so let's put the KOCs back in there. He'd have been over 4,000. His touchdown interception, is it does suck, okay, but he averages over eight, like 17 and a half, 18 fantasy points per game. So that's not actually that bad when I'm looking for somebody who's going to fill in as a starter in Robert Griffin III against a team in this matchup. I like it, and I'm going for it. And, and, you know, to me, that's the one I'm thinking about right now as a plug-and-play if I can't get Daniel Jones. If I, you know, I like what you said about Jared Goff. But to me, if I can't get Daniel Jones – I'm almost sitting there going, do I grab Andy Dalton? Over to you. Yeah, okay. So here's my thing with Andy Dalton, man. Look, you're talking about him going up against Cleveland, but uh, he just played Cleveland a couple weeks ago and did basically nothing. I mean, over 262 and an interception, no touchdowns. Um, Besides last week against the horrific league-worst pass defense in Miami, besides them, he went against New England. I know that's a tough matchup. He went against Cleveland. Uh, the Jets. The Jets, he hit 243-1 and one for, you know, nothing, basically. The Rams, he goes 329, but only one touchdown. Jacksonville, he goes 276. This is all before he got benched. 276 with one touchdown, three interceptions. Baltimore, he went 235-0. and zero. you got to go all the way back to Arizona in Week 5, outside of last week against Miami, to find his, his other his last, you know, multiple touchdown game. I don't feel good about playing him with that. Like, who wants to play a guy who hasn't thrown for multiple touchdowns but once in his last seven games? That's scary to me. And and it's not – I know Cleveland's not, you know, they're not Baltimore or uh, the Pats, but they're also not Miami as far as matchups go. Uh, I don't feel good about, about Andy Dalton at all. I, I want nothing to do with him. Because I think that his bust potential is way too high for what I would what I would feel comfortable with. I mean, I think there's a, a, a chance that he gets you, if you got a four-point passing touchdown lead, that he gets you like 12 points easily this week. I think there's that chance, you know. He throws up 220 yards and a touchdown, and you're thinking, oh, well, that sucks. So, uh, especially if it throws a pick or two. I mean, it just it could get ugly real fast for you there. Uh, I just I think that Jared Goff and Daniel Jones, you know, there's only two teams playing. Usually there's only two teams that are really looking for a quarterback at this point, if they are. I mean, I doubt that 
the four teams that remaining all have Cousins, Lamar, Watson, and Josh Allen, and every one of them is looking for a quarterback. So, you know, you got a maximum of four teams playing this week, and uh, maybe two are looking for a quarterback, maybe. So um, I think Goff and Daniel Jones, you can grab one or the other. So he, so, so you, you bring it like, okay, so Lamar Jackson is my issue, right? And I'm, so I'm talking to you out there, and then I'm, I, I would venture to guess that it's going to be a lot of guys' issues, okay? So yeah. Daniel Jones is not, not on the – not on the board, okay? He's picked up. People listened to us in the past. They grabbed him, right? Jared Goff, he's he's not on the board for whatever reason. Maybe you, you didn't get the waiver or whatever, okay? So now what we're talking about today is, is not really your waiver wire, guys, as you're, you're going to add. So let's say both of those guys are gone, right? And you don't like Andy Dalton, and, and for some reason our fans out there want to say, I'm going to keep rolling with Justin, even though he's not the two-time two-time championship this year. Um, they want to roll with you, what you said, okay? Even though I'm saying Andy Dalton. Here, throw another name out there for you. Robert Griffin III, mm. the backup to Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's a must-start, right? But I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes in the top ten this week. I mean. Going up against Pittsburgh, tough defense, right? They're, they're playing for something, too. but um, And he doesn't have all his supporting cast around him. But, I mean, maybe he can make some plays with his legs. Maybe maybe he gets 80 yards rushing or something like that to couple with, you know, a uh, 150-, 200-yard game. So. Yeah, no, here's the only thing I'm worried about with, with RG3 is that you're going to end up seeing half of RG3 and a half of Trace McSorley. And because I just, you know, I think they might want to rest him. They want to get, get him on the field a little bit, you know, showcase him because he's going to be trying to get a contract next year. Uh, and because teams, you know, they honestly, a lot of times they'll try to help a player out that's been there for him. Um, RG3 has. So he might be, you know, he might get that opportunity. But I don't think he's going to play the whole game. That's just my gut feeling there. I think that he'll end up seeing some time on the bench um, just because they, they've got nothing to play for. They don't want to risk you know, a strong backup quarterback because um, I would consider him probably a top 10 backup in the league. And with the style of play they play, you just never know if Lamar is going to get hit one time or he's going to plant that foot and, you know, his knee buckles, et cetera. So um, there is some worry there uh, with their style of play. You know, it's one of those, let's get the ship. Let's let's win as quick as we can. But this may not be a 15-year plan for uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, unless he becomes a much better pocket passer. Um, but right now, heck, just go for it. You know, uh, Look at what Cam Newton and how his career has gone. I mean, he was he was in, on, in fuego. He was so hot you know, early in his career, and now injuries have caught up, et cetera. And you know, there's talk that he won't be in Carolina at all next year. I think you're going to have a similar career projection uh, for uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, eight, ten years of really just uh, fire and then you know a little bit of smoke here and there you know uh that's that's my only concern with rg3 is that they're not going to end up playing him the whole game so that would be it's just too much of a risk for me you know there's there's players out there that maybe don't have quite the ceiling he does with that offense but that certainly have a higher floor um with a close enough ceiling to match all right so let's talk a couple tight ends real quick um, there's only a couple, and neither of them have a great matchup. For me, it's it's tough out there. Um, I'm hoping that if you've gotten to this point that you don't have to worry about grabbing a tight end. Maybe you have Darren Waller or, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, whatever, and you're ready to roll. Maybe you got Tyler Higbee 
um, and you're you're rocking rolling with him because he's got that sweet 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 Arizona matchup that we all want to see. Uh, if you're playing DFS, just plug Tyler Higby in and, and make that money um, because we all know what he did last time. I think it was like 102 or something like that. It was something crazy. Uh, but a couple tight ends, Mike Gusecki, who has really come on strong. They're playing against the Pats. Not the best matchup, but um, you know I've Jeff hates my uh, Dolphins players, and I hate them all this week too. Don't worry. Uh, and I say my Dolphins. I'm a Falcons fan. Don't don't mistake me for being a lowly uh, uh, Dolphins fan. I, I don't think I could put it up by myself. I'd probably just burn everything I had that was teal colored. But uh, I think Devonte Parker is going to see a lot of Gilmore this week. Gilmore is just a shutdown corner, which means they're going to have to throw somewhere. And so I think Gusecki gets a volume play here. You know, maybe he gets 10 targets and catches five of them for 55 yards, that kind of thing. I don't think he's going to be blowing up for, you know, eight catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. That's not what I'm projecting by any means. But if you're in a PPR league, I think you can safely project double-digit points with him. You know, uh, and then Caden Smith, that's another tough matchup against that Philly defense. They're not, they're not very forgiving against tight end. Uh, they're the second strongest against tight end in the league, I believe it is. But... There has been some real chemistry between Caden Smith and, and excuse me, and Daniel Jones. Um, I'd feel good about that. I'm gonna pull this up real quick here because I know he's got two starts with uh, Daniel Jones, and they both were pretty good. Let's see here. Um, let's see. Yeah, he went six for 35 and two touchdowns last week, um, and then it was six for 70 against Green Bay. In week 13, you know, Eli had that uh, Philly and Miami stretch there where he had to play. But, uh, yeah, so six for 70 against Green Bay and six for 35 and two touchdowns last week against Washington. So there's some chemistry there. Um, I think that that's an opportunity to, you know, if you've got to fill in for a player, you know, you're playing Mark Andrews all year. Well, forget about it. That's he's he's not going to be he's not going to be playing. Uh, They've got. Nick Boyle and Max Williams to play there, so they're not going to be uh, starting him. That's for sure. He'll be on the bench. Um, if you've got uh, who else? Well, that's a, that's really. I mean, if you started Kyle or Kyle Rudolph, I'm sorry for most of the year. Um, yeah, there's really not a whole lot of tight ends that aren't that are going to be missing this week, except for Mark Andrews. So uh, you may not have to go to the waiver wire. Let's just kind of pimp something out real quick and ask you the question. Does this give yep. a little credence to drafting a tight end a little earlier next year, based on how you kind of seen this year go down? You know, maybe, but then if you had Austin Hooper, you were happy. If you had Mark Andrews, you were happy. Um, you have to excuse my lawn mowing neighbors out here. Um, hold on a second. I just want to pull the top tight ends. All right. Scoring. So, uh, you know, you got Darren Waller. You're happy with him. You know, uh, Higby, of course. Hunter Henry, if you grabbed him and were able to plug him in later. Um, you know, I mean, it hasn't been that kind of like, oh, my gosh, what kind of separation thing. You know, uh, Hooper's been really good. Waller's been excellent. Um, you know, Ertz was one of those that you grabbed really early, and he's been just replacement level. I mean, he's been almost the same as Jared Cook, if you know, if you want to speak the truth here, as far as on a per game basis. So, I I still think that there's, unless it's a tight end premium league, and I don't know if you guys know much about those, but um, 
but I play in a couple uh, dynasty leagues where tight ends get a point and a half per reception. That changes things. You know, if you got a, a tight end getting 60 balls, that's the same as a wide receiver getting 90 catches in that format uh, for PPR. So there's a, there's something to that. But no, I, I still, you know, I don't feel comfortable in the first three rounds drafting a tight end because I think that the, the wide receiver and running back strength is too high there to, uh, to really, you know, hamper your roster that way. Now, if you can get a good tight end, you know, maybe one of these guys drops to the fourth or fifth round, I don't mind reaching at that point. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And we could talk more about that. We, you know, we mock drafting is key uh, in the offseason, and uh, I'm going to push that all offseason, and we'll do some shows, but especially come, you know, July and August. If you do mock drafts, it's just it's a great tool to figure out what's going on out there. You do a mock. You, you do them differently. You don't just do a mock and draft the same way every time. So uh, we'll get into that further as we go on about drafting next year. But, uh, you know, I think tight end was deeper than people expected this year. There were certainly some reaches that could be had that, uh, that paid off. So, well, look, let's uh, get to our last little set here. Let's get to the defenses and uh, what we can stream there. Jeff, you want to play with some D this week? Um, how about the Packers versus Detroit? I mean, Packers, uh, they're, they're okay. They're not great. Uh, but Detroit is not good. They're bad. So uh, Packers are only 39% owned. They should be available in a lot of leagues. And uh, I would start them against David Blah uh, once again. Um, the Rams, they're actually 66% owned, but I put them on here because um, they are going to be available in quite a few places. They got dropped in a lot. Uh, and they're playing against Arizona with Brett Hundley. Whatever, dude. It's Brett Hundley. So, uh, And then one more for me, Colts versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville's only averaging 12.7 points per week over the last, I think it's like five or seven games, whatever it was. It's, it's not good. It's bad. Um, uh, it's one of those situations where they're not scoring well. They do turn the ball over. And so the Colts are one of those defenses that could end up being a championship winner this week. Um, and they had a massive, like, two-punt returns for touchdowns last week. I mean, just craziness. Um, but I think that that's, that's a good start this week. Uh, Jeff, what do you feel about those defenses? Yeah, I'm on board with those. Um, you know, I, I look at the Packers last week, and, and I don't think a lot of people thought that that was going to be a, a matchup worth playing, and they didn't do too bad playing against Minnesota. So, you know, why not ride that lightning and then play it again against Detroit? Um, I think that's a good pickup. Uh, I Yeah, Rams, Arizona, I think, uh, I think to me, I really kind of look at w- – the Kyler Murray situation, I think that's a good one, too. Um, I think Aaron Donald's going to get in that, back, that backfield and, and work it hard. And then so to me, um, you know, the Colts Jacksonville, I'm not, you know, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> to me, I, I think another one I would just actually throw out there is the Cowboys versus Washington. Uh, no Dwayne Haskins, not. I don't even know why I said that because it doesn't matter whether he played or not. Uh, I just don't know who right. you're going to get in that case, Keenum, right? So yeah. to me, that's that's one that I ask. I asked to you, which case Keenum's going to show up this week? Yeah, and that's you know that's one of those shoot for the moon things where it could backfire and you could get the case Keenum that goes for two seventy five and three, like one of those weird games. Uh, but yeah, I like the Cowboys defense. Uh, not not bad at all in this situation. Uh, a week 17 matchup where they've got to win and hope for a, a Philly loss. So that's not bad. 
So you talk about these these magical uh, plays like that because I mean we could literally be talking next week and say wow Case Keenum came out there and he he was slinging it and you know had four touchdowns and 300 yards or whatever and, or we could say that he had like three interceptions and in, in the first quarter and they benched him and you know nobody came in any better so you know you don't know here's another situation where you just don't know look at the falcons play in tampa bay oh my god james winston right so does atlanta come out and finish strong yes do they finish strong enough to have a defense worth starting this week i don't know what do you think okay so you know we were talking about this, and I, I go for runs, and I listen to podcasts. It's just one of those things I do. I gather stats from these. And uh, while, I mean, literally, we were talking about this pre-show, and I completely forgot the stat. But while I was looking at the show sheet, and we were talking about this, and you were going to the Cowboys, and I knew you were going to bring up Falcons, the stat popped back in my head. All right, so the last five games that Atlanta has played Jameis Winston. It's so bad. Jameis Winston has thrown for at least 261 yards and at least – Three touchdowns in each of those games. Five straight games. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I don't care. Jameis Winston might throw four interceptions, but he might throw for 405 touchdowns. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, he went off for, uh, it was like 28 points in this one particular league, but uh, it was it was really bad um, because, you know, they were coming off. People were talking about the Falcons. They were coming off the bye. They played uh, what was it, Saints and uh, Panthers, and really had shut them down. Um, and then uh, he comes in there, and he throws for 313 and three with two touchdowns, I mean, two interceptions. So he threw his requisite interceptions. But when you drop 313 yards and three touchdowns, and you put 29 on the board, uh, that doesn't bode well for the defense. So unless they're scoring a touchdown, I don't know how they offset all those points scored. Um, you know, Atlanta has played really well. I think Atlanta has seven touchdowns allowed since the bye, so in the last seven games or whatever it is, and three of those came to Jameis Winston. So um, I I just don't feel really good about that going forward. Um, yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, that's right. That's seven seven passing touchdowns in the last seven weeks, and three of them came to uh, three of them came to to Jameis Winston. So. No, nope, yeah, nope. I see them as a as to me. I, I see them along with the Cowboys, along with the Colts, as a sleeper here. Um, you know, it's week 17 again. You know, hopefully you're riding somebody. You know, to me, you know, I had the Seahawks, um, and uh, you know, I I set them obviously last week. Uh, I've also got New Orleans, so I'm sitting real pretty there. Um, thank you, Will Greer. Uh, that's my Christmas gift. So I, I just kind of look at it and say, okay, uh, if I'm in another league where, where I may have, I don't have a stud, maybe Seahawks was my defense or something like that. Um, then, and maybe the Falcons kind of, if I kind of look at it, I would put one, two, three, I put Colts, Cowboys, Falcons. That's the, that's the order I'd put them in. Um, but I can certainly see Cowboys, you know, you, you having that itch, especially if you're, you know, one of those guys who are still holding on to hope that the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. They're not. Uh, but if you are, then then, you know, potentially you, you may want to just ride your home team. But this is not the week to be riding and playing Homer. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, play with your head, not your heart. That's that's the key to fantasy football. Play with your head, not your heart. So, All right, man. Well, I think that about wraps it up. 
you know, we've covered everything we need to for week 17. Let's get the folks out of here. All right, guys. And, and again, uh, you know, each and every week you are now graced with the presence of a two-time, two-time championship uh, speaker here. And, uh, and I'll tell you that uh, you catch us at the Rundown FF pod uh, where you can listen to us and, and, and throw things out there. Again, the only way you're hearing me, because I'm not on Twitter, is when you tune into this. OK, so it's very important here to to if you want to hear what the two time two time championship owner has to say, then you got to tune in. And we do put it out there where all the all your pods are are listed out there. So please tune into us. We have I know it's the end of the season. We got we got another show coming up for you. We're going to kind of wrap it all up, kind of give you a little thinking. Would you go into you know, this by time period uh, before before you start thinking about next year. So, and, 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 you know, I say this, I think a lot of people may use this next uh, podcast we do next week as a, as a point of reference going into next year. Uh, and, and I certainly will, as I will tell you, I will call it uh, some picks that you need to pick next year. So that's my plug. Uh, and, uh, and you're welcome uh, for those of you who listened and won your championships like I did. Yep. And man, congratulations again. What a big season for you. I mean, craziness. You're playing for your third championship. Uh, what a magical run. I, I can't, you know, it, it didn't fall that way for me this year. It's It was the weirdest thing. Uh, I think we, we played a role reversal this year because usually I dominate you, and uh, that did not happen this year. So it was kind of, I mean, I'm thrown off. I'm, I'm tilted for sure. So, uh, But look, you guys know where you can find us. Anywhere you listen to, to podcasts, uh, pull us up, subscribe, uh, hit that rate and review button. Uh, let's let's hear your feedback. Remember, we're going to do a little recap uh, next week um, or the week after. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, kind of depend on schedule. You know, you got New Year's coming up and all that. Uh, I got my wife's birthday next week, so uh, all that's going to be a little bit uh, uh, jam packed for me. But we are going to go over some things. We're going to cover, you know, uh, what we, you know, some of our big hits, some of our big misses, our year long varsity and JV teams. Um, and, you know, we'll discuss some players that maybe, you know, they look good on the final uh, tally, but they weren't good for you throughout the year. You know, you played these guys and they were so up and down that uh, you just, you know, they cost you too many, too many W's. But in the meantime, uh, make sure that you uh, keep up with us. Good luck this week. And uh, remember, together we run this. All right. Catch you next week, man.